Hello, everyone. Welcome to the IT Business Podcast. Our show tonight, check DNS before you blame the client. Streamline your incident response with alert ops. Scully visits Fort Lauderdale. And GoDaddy sucks. Friends, welcome to another episode of the IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Uncle Marv. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, and this is the weekly live show. For those of you that are just joining us for the very first time, the IT Business Podcast is a show for IT professionals and service providers where we try to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. Each week, we try to have stories We try to share tips, and we talk about products that you can use in your business and make things better. Tonight, we've got a great show. This is going to be the first of three shows where we feature the finalists from last year's Channel Pitch It program. Uh, Alert Ops is going to be on the show, and we're going to be doing a couple more of these. And then later on this summer, we will be featuring all of the contestants for this year's Pitch It program, all, I can't say exclusive because I think they're doing the rounds. They're going to be on all the shows, but definitely we're going to have them here on the IT Business Podcast, so you do not want to miss that. So before we bring out our guests, I do want to go ahead and start with a tip. And you guys always yell at me that I don't share enough about my business and tell you how I'm succeeding or my failures, so I'm going to start off by telling you one now. So last Thursday, one of my clients had a little bit of an outage in their office. They are a client that's got two floors, and on the one floor, they have the entire floor, and their network is split basically into five sections. Don't ask, but we've got switches all over the place because they expanded. They once held a small portion of a floor, and then they expanded, and then they expanded, and then they expanded, and rather than redo all the cabling at the same time, we just extended here and extended there. So they have different portions of their office that sometimes things happen, and in this particular case, one of their offices went out. I called them, asked them if anybody was doing any work in the closet because it's a public closet. Anybody can walk in. So sometimes somebody will bump the switch and unplug it and, you know, stuff like that happens. So that happened on Thursday. Everything came back up just fine. We were good until Monday morning when one of the remote users called and said that she could not connect to her station. To let you know how she's connecting remotely, she uses TrueGrid. So get that naked RDP out your mind. So she connects through TrueGrid. Other users in that office using TrueGrid, had no issues. She thought that her computer was off. She had somebody turn it off and back on just to be sure that did not work. So then they called me. I could see it in the dashboard. I could see it in my uh, Domotes dashboard as well as my RMM dashboard. I could connect to it. I'm like, hmm, what seems to be the problem? Now, I did not try to connect to it in TrueGrid, But because I could see it in my RMM and I could see it in Domo, so I'm like, okay, 
something's got to be wrong with you. And yes, I said it just like that. And she was like, oh, nothing could be wrong with me. So I said, all right, let me do some more digging. So I get in to their network. I log around. I'm looking. I'm checking out the workstation. Notice that the IP address had changed. Okay, no big deal. I figured that that should be no big deal. So I'm looking around and checking. And of course, DNS did not properly update so that if you tried to ping that station from inside the network using the old IP address, it wasn't working. So we had to fix DNS. User got back online, and I had to, well, I sort of apologized by saying that it wasn't you. Don't worry about it. We fixed it. Let's move along. So just a tip right there. Check DNS before you blame the customer. So hope that helps. So let's get on with the show, and I want to go ahead and bring out guests tonight. We have two guests, even though I told you that we have Alert Ops on. Of course, the man with the Technicolor coat, Sean Lardo from ConnectWise, has to be on first because it's his program that we're starting with. Sean, how are you? You know, I'm I'm fantastic, Marv. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> were, you, were you kind of thinking you weren't fantastic? Well, I, w- I was really trying to let that process that I have to be here. I do. I As much quality time as I can spend with you, I want to be on as often <laughs> as possible. All right. And with Sean is the person that I told you coming from Alert Ops, Cam Shrikan. Let me make sure I sp- <laughs> say that properly. Shrikan. Uh, and... Uh, you know what? I don't even think I have your title, do I? It's he's had a customer experience. It's on his thing. It's he, he wrote it on there. I don't. You know what? Welcome up with Sean's show. Uh, thank you for being part of the show, Cam. Good to have you on. Um, you know, head of the customer experience must be a very exciting job. So let's talk about the fact that you look like you're in the witness protection program and in, in your in your video right now. It's so yes, dark. for the one night that I'm lit up properly. <laughs> I usually look like Cam, but uh, apparently uh, you're in a place uh, where you've got some issues. Tell us about those. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, in the suburbs of Chicago where we have a wonderful uh, icing, icy rain, frozen rain storm going on right now. And my power is completely out. So I'm sitting here in my car with the best lighting I got. Well, I do want to commend you for that because I know a lot of people probably would have just said, yeah, can't do it. But thank you very much for escaping to your car. Do you have people like wandering around, wondering what you're doing, just sitting there? I'm hoping that it's dark enough that no one sees some creepy dude talking to himself in his car. But uh, <laughs> Well, are, are you near your own home so that your neighbors at least yes. recognize the car? Okay. I so. Yes. I so hope, okay, I so hope that during the course of this, somebody calls the cops and they pull up with lights on you because <laughs> that'll be fantastic. That that could probably bet, that could probably counter as the Florida man story in a way. Uh, <laughs> it shouldn't even happen. We'll have to see about that. So let me uh, do this for our listeners and watchers. Alert Ops was named the winner of ConnectWise's 2022 Pitch Accelerator Program. And as we've talked about before, that program is designed to showcase uh, potential offerings and emerging vendors. And Alert Ops offers a real-time, intelligent, automated alert management and response orchestration tool for MSPs 
to maximize the efficiency of their service desk. Did I get that right? Yeah, it's a mouthful. I like to go with on-call plus. You know, it's <laughs> okay. easier to say, and you don't have to remember so many words. All right, on-call plus. That sounds like a that sounds like a nice little MSP name. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It, it actually makes me think of uh, what was the, the system in your car that was on-call? Um, OnStar? OnStar, yes. Similar oh, to that, right? That's what it makes me think of is OnStar. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. And yes, Cam and his group, uh, did take first place in pitch it. They did a phenomenal job. They, I mean, they they crushed it. They came. I didn't. To to be honest, I didn't know who they were in the first several weeks of pitch it. I mean, we know we selected them, but the first few weeks of them being involved in the integrated program, they were sort of a very quiet group. There was nobody really in, like that stood out. It was certain people, and then all of a sudden, it just they took off, and and it was like it was lights out. Then after that, there was like no problem in it. So let me ask real quick because I know that. Part of the process is identifying and finding these vendors. So I'll, and I don't know which one of you to ask who found who first. Um, well, they've been part of the ecosystem for ConnectWise in general, right? Okay. They already, so for people that don't know how, how ConnectWise works with vendors, we do have a marketplace, right? And we have an invent program, which is an integrator program. So MSP such as yourself, Marv, that work with us. If you use our tool, you might use a party, a third party product like them and, you want to know that it's going to be able to sync together, right? So we have an integration program that's part of the Inbound program. This is one way that we do our due diligence in vetting out, back to something you and I talked about the last time we were on, Marv, people that are going to be fly-by-night organizations. They, you know, Anytime there's an investment involved of time and money, people stay longer regardless, like a gym membership, right? And uh, so they were already in the program. They were already part of ConnectWise, let's say. Pitch it. I'm not sure how they found it. I think one of their, I think that Cam told me that was one of their people, one of our people told him or something. Yeah. So we were in invent. And I mean, at that point we had gone to the first IT nation, not much like that we actually prepped for. Right. We thought, all right, another event. I we're just going to try our hand at how this works. The invent process was awesome because we went through a formal code review, right? Making sure that our product was up to par. And then additionally, we reviewed the integration. But at that point, that's all we thought. We thought that all of this was done so that we can get a square on a marketplace, which in itself was cool. But then our manager of strategy at the time brought it up. It's like, hey, we're doing this uh, incubator program. And I was like, um, okay, I guess we're doing it. So at that point, we jumped in, and it, it's, it was honestly a phenomenal experience. I, I could not have expected anything more. Now, Cam, were you brought in from the very beginning, or how did that process work? So a couple of, uh, I'd say a few weeks in, right? Um, so it was running for a few weeks and I wasn't really involved. I had some like peripheral knowledge that this was happening. And then at one point, uh, kind of the project changed hands and they brought me in and said, hey, yeah, so you're doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Sean, you said you, you didn't know who they were at the very beginning. How many people are in this marketplace? I, I should probably have asked that before. Well, in the marketplace itself, Several hundred okay. vendors. Okay. Um, but just like anything else, there is a pecking order in there based off of your investment with the ecosystem. Back to the invent partners, which are the integrated partners. They they're they're top of mind for us. We want them to be because they're the most invested in the ecosystem, you know, for the success of the MSP. And that's what first and foremost we're looking for. But even in the pitch up program themselves, they were relatively quiet in the first few weeks of the incubation program. You know, it was when Cam got involved, they started to 
surface. And I hope Chella is listening to this too, because he should totally give you a raise. Just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's they, they started stepping up. But we have, but okay, but of the several hundred vendors, as far as invent partners are concerned, there is probably 33% of them are invent partners that actually have taken that step to further their investment in ConnectWise and into the partner base. You know, I think we're all looking for the same thing ultimately, which is trying to create as frictionless system as possible for MSPs to do business. And that's what this is about for us. All right. So, Cam, from your involvement, I mean, you, you weren't there from the very beginning, but you got pulled in. Uh, what was your experience like in, you know, in terms of getting called in, going through the process? I mean, what did it feel like for you? Uh, I thought that it was awesome, right? Because the first interaction that I had with the program wasn't even talking to someone one-on-one. It was a training session from an industry expert, right? I think that I jumped in for uh, the social awareness one or operational maturity levels one as one of my few initial, uh, I guess, uh, attendances. And what I thought was awesome is at that point, we were in startup mode where realistically, you're doing what you consider best practice to reach out to everyone, best practice to offer the most value as well as identify your customer segment. Now, with that said, it's a little bit more difficult to identify your niche and say, all right, not only do I have best practice for any technology vendor, but I have, uh, I'm following best practices as far as how I want to reach out to people in this particular niche. And for us, that was managed service providers. So I think that being able to cater our messaging as well as just reorient the way that we look at the industry was almost instantly apparent. After the first session, it was, oh, oh, damn, we could do A, B, and C in a different way. So I think that that, that was phenomenal. All right. Now, Sean, I don't know if you can tell me this. You didn't know about them in the beginning. So obviously they made an impact throughout the program. How instrumental in in your mind was it to learn about them, see their engagement in the channel, uh, hear the feedback from other MSPs? Um, you know, how was that process in in getting them from not really knowing about them to them being the winners? So, well, that's a great question, actually. So it wasn't even just me. Okay, so we had the 18, 18 vendors we were in last year that competed, right? We went through the 16-week program. We ended off the, six week, the 16 weeks with a preliminary competition that um, Matt Solomon from the channel program actually hosted for us. We had two days of them doing pitches on virtually live, right? And and this, will, this is a testament to this right here. In order to make it to the final three that competed at IT Nation Connect in November, it was broken down to different different elements of the voting. Part of it was MSP live voting, basically saying who they liked and why. And the other part was we had people that were watching that weren't in it, watching it that were that are integrators that are part of ConnectWise economy, the ecosystem, and know better. But the MSPs, the voting occurred, and uh, Alert Ops scored high in every category. The MSPs were saying it. And as I got to learn about them prior to that, though. What stood out was I am very much about enablement. That's my whole life is enablement. How to make people do their job better. How to automate things. So the dumb things that you shouldn't be doing, get the hell out and do important things, right? And their product they brought to market was very much about helping the day in, the day in and day out of the business as a whole. And the, and the MSP said it too. They saw it. They showed it. 
that, you know, people that said they're, their customers spoke about it. You know, it wasn't different and it was easy for them to say it, what they did for them. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't a runaround. You know, sometimes you ask people like, Oh, why do you use that part? Why do you use that customer, that vendor? And they're like, well, we like it, but we really like that person, that account manager. And that's why I stay with them. You hear that a lot of times, right? That's not what the case was. They liked their, they liked the people, of course, but they really like what the product does. And they, and they weren't, they, they easily told us. And again, to me, that was a big deal. Even my, the team, our team over here recognized it right away too. All right, good. So it sounds like you guys have gotten to know each other well and have done stuff outside of pitch it. Yep. So in our, you know, pre-check before the show here, you guys sounded like you were kind of bantering back and forth. Now, did you two know each other before that? Or are you just like best friends now because of that? <laughs> Let me talk first. And you talk. Because uh, no, not, not best friends. Didn't know each other prior to the, to the competition itself. But Cam is a, a unique guy. Um, he's one of those people, authentically speaking, is authentic. Um, he, 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 he's, he listens to, he takes feedback and then he does better even than you can do. Like when, when he, I mean, Cam's a young guy. Cam's in his twenties. Cam sat on, stood on stage at IT nation in front of powerhouses like Jay McBain. That was a judge. Juan Fernandez judge. Allison Francis was judge. Not to mention the people that are in the audience aside from them that are all accomplished people at executive levels of fortune 500 companies to CEOs like you, you know, Marv, and didn't break a sweat, kept his composure, spoke so, so eloquently about it and prepped so much in advance. There wasn't a question they could ask that he couldn't answer. And that makes it easy to like somebody like him because he takes it serious and he does. And any feedback I gave him, he did better than I even, than I do. So he made me, it's kind of made me look bad in a way because he's better than me, but I totally appreciate that though. So yeah. So we've become much closer as times progressed. All right, Cam, your rebuttal. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, <laughs> I I completely agree, right? And I think that what I really like is, one, getting feedback. Because I don't like someone saying, oh, yeah, that was good. All right, move on. I want to hear, well, that was good for ABC and that you could have improved on XYZ. And I, I, what I love about Sean is that there's no fluff, right? He cuts through the BS and he tells you exactly how it is. These are the areas that you need to improve on. And this is how you work towards improving on them. And I think throughout that, he's been like a mentor. And honestly, we've gotten close as a byproduct of that. Um, I, I definitely appreciate his input on virtually anything that we're doing to cater to the channel. Thank you. Right. Why, thank you. <laughs> okay. So we're going to come up to a break here. I just wanted, as a programming note, Sean, we're going to kick you out. And, you know, Cam and I are going to become buddies here because I want to talk to, you know, Cam about alert ops, you know, and, and and get direct with him on stuff. But before, before you'd go, uh, what is it that you would like to say that may benefit any of the upcoming vendors? on their experience with pitch it based on cam and alert ops being named last year's winner. Sure. I, um, I would say, first off, I'd say it doesn't hurt to apply to see if you qualify to be in the program. It costs $0. Okay. That's first. Second, cam and all of our, most of our competitors, um, were a lot of more first time business owned, like vendors, a lot more MSPs that created a product to help them. But 
you know, there's all different walks of life coming into this, right? And I would say the benefit of being in it is the accelerator program. We bring in these these coaches. These coaches are practitioners. They're not just people speaking hyperbole. They actually have done it and they can talk about it. So, and, and we try to fill in gaps. We don't know what they do and don't know. We go into it like exactly for you, Marv, when you started your business, all the various areas that you thought like I have to address. Like, how do I actually start a business? How do I go to market? What is my packaging? How am I pricing it? So like, you know, the basic fundamentals that you should do and then, and then much more in depth. So the, the program itself is a great way for them to, it's an incubator program. It's a great way for them to learn from, from, from experts. Um, also, the networking involved in it and the connecting in it, the connections you get are bar none some of the best. Because our cameo coaches are people that are big in the space because they actively engage in the space everywhere from Amy Luby to Michelle McBain to, to Jay McBain to Heather Margolis. Take your pick. They're all there, you know, and we'll have some of the same coaches and more coaches this year coming up. So you get to meet people that can actually help you. And almost every person that was a coach is willing to help. It is that go-giver mentality. You know, not to mention, these guys went from, when they first started talking about the company, they learned how to refine their pitch to make it effective. Because, I mean, you know, you're an MSP. How challenging is it to sell your services at times if you don't, if you're not clear to the point of what you're here to do or what you guys do, you lose interest within the first 10 seconds and it's done. You know, so one, refine your skills, your speak. Two, refine your whole entire business process and practices. And three, last but not least, you're able to meet and, and increase your brand awareness in the space. Get MSPs knowing that you exist. All right. Cam, anything you want to say to Sean before we kick him out? Uh, no, I, I think that's fine. Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. <laughs> oh, but you're not BFFs. Come on now. You <laughs> can still love me, Marv. I mean, there's different levels of love that occur. Uh, All right. Oh, Agape, Amore. The only last thing is enrollment is open now for Pitch It yep. to apply. Um, again, apply. It doesn't hurt. It'll take you 10 minutes of your life that could possibly change everything you do and change your life for this business. So what do you have to lose? All right. There you go, folks. And we are now going to say goodbye to Sean Lardo. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back with Cam and more about Alert Ops. Toodles. You're listening to the IT Business Podcast, the podcast for every IT professional. IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly, the number one ally of network professionals everywhere. Live stream funded by Computers Done Right. And thank you to our partners, Tom Bull, Kyle Kenyon, Clark Stockdale, and Synchro. All right, we are back. And we are continuing our conversation with Cam Shrikan and Alert Ops. So, Cam, before we get started, uh, tell me what you really think about Sean. <laughs> oh, he sucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> really, he's he's been awesome, for real. Uh, truly a mentor. And I think that why, before Sean's input, before Pitch It, uh, we had MSPs signing up and using our tool, and we kind of knew why, but could we say why? Right? Could, could we articulate why? That had us scratching our heads a little bit. And I think Sean, Louie, Andrea, the entire Pitch IT team, uh, Ashley, along with our 
coach, right? Shout out to Jameson uh, from Times Us. Uh, they really helped us get to the point where it's not just that we know we're good at A, B, and C. We can actually explain why we're good at it and how that's going to benefit the, our customers. All right. So, Cam, I'm going to ask you to do a quick mic adjustment if you can. I'm going to explain to the people that you are doing this in kind of a uh, – what's the best – you're kind of in a bunker in your car uh, for the listeners. Uh, you may hear a little crackling. Cam is doing this from his vehicle because in the land of Chicago, there is an ice storm or something equivalent that has knocked out power in his area. And he is fighting through doing this on a mobile in his car. So uh, I apologize if that crackling comes through, but we will we will muster through the best that we can. So Cam, how are we doing now? Uh, I think is that any better? Yeah, it's, as about far as the audio? it's about the same. But we can hear you, and uh, that that's that'll work. Okay. All right. Yeah, so uh, parked out in a parking lot right now, fairly close to my house. But I think I see some lights coming on <laughs> <laughs> right, right in the middle of the podcast. So not the best timing. Uh, well, we'll we'll figure things out. If you have to go, uh, that's fine. I saw an emergency vehicle behind you, so hopefully you don't have to move. No worries. They're going to have to pull me out of my car if, I, if I'm Okay. <laughs> so let's dive more into Alert Ops. And we, we did talk about earlier that, you know, you wanted to call it On Call Plus. And the way that I've presented this to everybody, it's it's something that will help stream live the incident response. Uh, but Alert Ops is much more than incident response. Why don't you give us a quick rundown uh, of the tool and, and really what it is? Yeah, so I'll start with what problem we attempted to solve when we first got into it. And it was on-call and escalations, right? For a long time, if you had 24-7 support, at that point, you're expecting someone to be next to their machine so they can see a new ticket pop up on a service board and they can address it within the SLA. People have lives. Uh, people got kids' soccer games. Sometimes you're going to watch a movie. And ultimately, while you should be responsible for resolution and response, you should not be, on the other hand, expected to be glued to your computer. So what we do is we facilitate multi-channel notifications. You can build out alerting playbooks, escalation chains, and that's where we started. But then beyond the multi-channel notification that allowed you to step away from your desk to have dinner when you're on call, uh, you, uh, we started building out workflows, right? So one of the cool things that we've got is an open API, and I know that everyone says that today. Uh, so from our perspective, we can ingest virtually any signal from an incoming live call, from an email, or any API call, any tool that's capable of sending a webhook we can integrate with. And then on the outbound side, we can talk back, right? We can integrate with any REST or SOAP API. So in the case that you do have custom fields in your PSA, in the case that you do have custom-built actions that you want to run from your RMM, as long as they've got an API, we can interface with it and build out whatever solution works well for you. So both the on-call and escalation piece and downstream automation. Okay. So now is this just basically alerting on steroids? So we would take our RMM and PSA and push them into alert ops to basically, you know, put those alerts on steroids to allow for that? Or is, is it more than just alerting? So it is really the alerting, but okay. it's also the noise reduction in between. 
right? So I like to think of us as kind of a digital switchboard uh, that does alerting. So we ingest signals, we send out signals, but in the middle, that's really where the magic happens. So you can set up deduplication rules, noise reduction, filter out non-priority. So one of the nice things that we've heard over time is, hey, we've got different service levels that we offer our clients, but the biggest problem is when someone's on call, they're resolving most of them because they got nothing better to do. So there's really no incentive for our tiers or our customers to move up in tiers of service. So by eliminating the noise, hey, you you don't have to work on this till 8 a.m. because no one's paying you to work on it till 8 a.m. Ah, nice. It allows them to restructure their business to say, hey, this wasn't resolved because you don't have that tier of service. So why don't we take a look at moving you up to get you the service that you actually need? Okay, so that makes sense. So you can basically assign priorities to the tasks that, you know, a level, you know, three priority gets to the on-call tech, but a level one or a level two does not. Okay. Exactly. All right. Now, as part of all of this, when I was doing a little bit of research here, it it mentions analytics and reporting. So Mm -hmm. what types of analytics are you going to get from from that? Because if it's just an alerting program, we don't really need Mm -hmm. analytics to report stuff, but what can you get? Yeah, so a lot of our reporting right now is actually based on response, right? So mean time to acknowledgement, mean time to resolution as far as the volume of notifications that are being generated through a particular integration. So it's more so in terms of fine-tuning the way that an MSP is capable of actually addressing issues or service requests. Now, with that said, uh, we actually have a big project going on in the next two quarters to boost our reporting a bit more. So very much looking forward to that. But as we stand today, it really gives you a glimpse into how effective are we being at what we're addressing and is there room for improvement there? All right. Now, I'm just going to ask you about pricing, but I want to go somewhere else first. Uh, Let's go back to the Pitch It program. So can you tell us anything that you know for sure is a direct result of being a part of Pitch It? Visibility. And it's actually crazy the amount of uh, inbound organic leads that we've gotten just as a byproduct of Pitch IT. And when we talk to them, there's no lead source, right? They didn't click on a targeted ad. They didn't click uh, through an existing marketplace or anything of that sort. Obviously, being on ConnectWise as a marketplace helps a lot. But they literally tell us. They're account managers that pick up the phone. And when they ask, hey, where did you hear about us? oh, you guys won that thing last year, right? (laughs) So uh, that is 100% a direct correlation, but it's not just winning, right? I think that anyone that went through the process gained a level of visibility in the channel, in the ecosystem. And whether you win or not, ultimately you have brand awareness, which is something that is very difficult for a startup to build on their own. Okay. Now you mentioned startup. Now you guys aren't, a true startup, like you didn't, you guys didn't just start up last year. You've actually been around yep. for a few years. So let's talk yep. about going back to the beginning. Is it really, what is it? Six years, seven years that you guys been around? Uh, 2019. So 2019 uh, okay. idea of uh, the product in itself though, was in an MVP state slightly prior. 
So we initially spun off from our parent company, which is a custom development shop slash managed service provider in uh, specific uh, enterprise accounts, right? Specifically focusing on mortgage insurance. Now, we had built this for one of our clients there in a very, very close contact specific use case catering to that business. But then we saw the benefit of using it internally and we kept the IP to it and we spun off in 2019. Okay. So from 2019 to 2020 was when we were doing a lot of development to cater to the whole market and around uh, early 2020 to mid 2020 is when we saw, wow, a lot of managed service providers resonate with this concept. So we're going to pivot, build more integrations specific to that channel. We're going to build more one-touch integrations and uh, user exp- enhance the user experience that caters to that particular thing. Okay. So I knew it was around. I, I just got the year off on when it actually spun off. Now, in terms of actual integrations for MSPs, so you started off enterprise, you know, moved over to the dark side and <laughs> have, have all of these APIs and stuff. When you talk about being able to, you know, connect with, you know, dozens, hundreds of integrations and stuff. How many are we really talking and, and what type of integration? I think right now, and uh, the last time I checked, we were 190 something on the okay. in our inbound integration template. Well, we could move at a speed of about five a week, right? So that very well could have crossed the 200 plus integration threshold in the, since I last checked. Um, so from an inbound side, it's anything, right? Anything that can send us an email, anything that can send us an API call. And from that standpoint, there's no real limitation as far as the types of tools. We're talking RMM, we're talking PSA, we're talking network monitoring tools, we're talking application monitoring tools, um, anything from database to virtually security tools. So anything that has a signal that people need to look at and can send it somewhere else, we can integrate with. And 190 of those are pre-built. All right, I'm going to put the website up on the screen for those that are watching, alertops.com. And I want to remind folks that if you're just joining us, um, especially if you're coming in by video late, uh, Cam is actually speaking to us in the middle of a storm in Chicago. I don't want to make it sound like it's, you know, a thunderstorm, ice storm or whatever, <laughs> but but Cam was without power. So he, rather than, than ditch on the show, he is in his car and we are... We are mustering through the best that we can. So I just want to let uh, listeners that have popped in know that that is why the static is there. Uh, and that is it. So, so Cam, I'm looking on the website and looking at all of the integrations. And most of these we all know. You know everything from Slack <laughs> to <laughs> Zoom and to a lot of the MSP packages that we all work with. So... Uh, why, why was the push to be as open with all of these as, as possible? Like, I don't, does Zoom really need an alerting system? So the reason is it's not just inbound, right? It's outbound. Okay. So let's say that a P4 gets pushed to a P1 and it's no longer just a service request. You got a major incident on your hands. Uh, can you tap a button? from your mobile app to say, all right, I'm spinning up a Zoom meeting, sending it to everyone that needs to be involved on a bridge that can get it resolved, right? So Zoom really is more of an outbound integration okay. than us ingesting stuff. Nice. That makes much more sense now. I get it. 
Um, so yeah, so folks, uh, alertops.com and go on their integrations tab and you can see everything that uh, they connect with DevOps, enterprise, MSP, uh, error tracking, customer support. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. So what are some of the other like key features that, you know, an IT service provider, a managed service provider, without having good to go to the website, what would be those key things to say, this is what you need to pay attention to? I think a lot of the times it's noise reduction. Okay. Right? And I think that the biggest thing that I see commonly amongst our customers is that as technology and especially our ability to monitor performance of both hardware and software increases, there's a lot of coolness coming out, but that also requires a lot of work to set up and set up properly. So if one person is in charge of setting up Cisco Meraki, another person is in charge of setting up Avic, and then a third person was the administrator for your ConnectWise RMM, then there's probably an 85% chance that the data from one system to another to another doesn't really match up. Hmm. And that's one of the areas where AlertOps comes into play, where it allows us to say, okay, well, instead of everything alerting at once, why don't we step in the middle? We ingest signals from one uh, area to push it to another. So that way we can modify the areas in which the data is actually stored. Or else, quite frequently, what we see is, well, Ovik sent something 500 times, Meraki sent something 500 times, and our RMM tool sent something 500 times. We got 1,500 tickets, realistically, that should have been three. That makes perfect sense. Now, also on your website, I noticed you guys, you guys put pricing up there. Easily accessible, very bold, <laughs> easy to understand. From a managed service provider perspective, is this like the public pricing and we get discounts or is this it and then we turn around and resell it? How, how does that work? So from a managed service provider right now, we're predominantly selling to managed service providers, right? As far as them offering the service to their customers, we're really only running pilot programs at the moment, but we're happy to work with anyone and include them in that program with a few of our other pilots that are launching it and providing the service to their end users. But with that said, uh, the website pricing really only reflects the managed service provider consuming it internally rather than passing that along. And that would be a conversation with our sales team. Okay. So when we look at this per user pricing, uh, even the, the standard price is $5 per user per month. Uh, this is for the MSP or the technician's use, right? This isn't endpoint setups or anything like that. Exactly. And uh, even there, right? Um, so most of our MSPs fell somewhere between the tiers of premium and uh, enterprise. And because of our tight-knit relationship with ConnectWise, we actually do have a separate page for the ConnectWise MSP bundle. So if you're using ConnectWise Manage, then you get pretty much all of the features of enterprise. Uh, I think maybe one or two aren't in there, but uh, the uh, pretty much a dollar above your premium price. So $16 per user per month if you're using ConnectWise Manage. All right. So... I want to thank you for coming on and talking about everything here and congratulations on winning pitch it. Uh, people probably want to know, can you guys tell us what you did with the money? <laughs> uh, I assume that it's, you know, it's obviously for, you know, research, development, marketing. I mean, it's all that type of stuff. 
So we had our kind of wheels turning already as far as R&D and the product side. So we know what we want to do and we're excited to release them. Um, so and, and with that said, though, most of the money went to marketing. Most of the money went back to the channel. So as far as engaging in substantially more events this year, right, I know that we're going to be participating in some ASCII events, CompTIA events, along with some IT Nation events. And then additionally, we leveraged it to hire some personnel in order to actually comb through all of our existing CRM and see, okay, based on this culmination of reports, we want to fast track these features over the ones that we have prioritized for next quarter. So uh, predominantly focused on visibility as well as prioritizing how we're going to service the ecosystem. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Now uh, we are coming close to the end of the show, but before we do that, I want to go over some news items and we're going to bring Sean boy back in so that uh, he can uh, have a nice closure to the show here. So uh, Sean, welcome back. Oh, that! Well, I forgot I was here. I was taking a nap. <laughs> at my age, at my age, I nap often. Yeah. So let me get to some news items here because some people are going to want to actually make sure that I talked about it. But so earlier this month, you know, GoDaddy announced that it's laying off eight percent of its employees. Uh, Dell is going to slash about five percent of its force. And, you know, I thought, well, I'm not going to really jump on GoDaddy for that. But what I will jump on them for is they suffered a huge hack that saw criminals steal source source code and install malware. And basically what happened is an unknown threat actor was sitting inside of GoDaddy systems for several years, installing malware, stealing source code, and attacking the customers, the company's customers. They just confirmed this in December of 2022. Um, It was spotted late 2022, but they didn't say anything until later. And uh, based on their investigations, we believe these incidents are part of a multi-year campaign by a sophisticated threat actor group that, among other things, installed malware on our systems and obtained pieces of code related to some services within GoDaddy. So I'm not going to go through the whole article here, but I know that people that have been listening to my show, when I got into the voice over IP game, I went with Freedom Voice, which got bought by GoDaddy, which got basically scuttlebutted by GoDaddy, and they screwed it ridiculously. And here... Come to find out, I've not liked GoDaddy in the way that they've done their websites. I hate what they did with their 365 ecosystem. Needless to say, they were inexpensive. They did put up good websites. But now I'm wondering if they've been hacked for years. I wonder if this is a reason they, in my opinion, have been sucking for years. But um, something for us to pay attention to. Oh, uh, yes. And we can talk about Freedom Voice because uh, coming from VoIP, I know that many partners migrated because they changed the whole entire compensation. They actually got rid of their reseller program or some but, sort of element of it. No, here's, just, here's what happened. They basically said, we'll keep it going because I still, I still get checks for two customers that are still on freedom voice. They're not they're, They said, we listen, it works for us. We don't want to switch. I still get a check from GoDaddy every month. 
what they did was they said, we're not going to put anything into fixing any problems. We're not going to allow and accept any new customers. And, oh, by the way, we're going to stop selling phones. So, <laughs> sounds like sounds like a good proposition to be involved in, right? Yeah. So oh. uh, luckily, the customers that I offboarded, I have their phones. So if any of my existing customers need phones, I have them to deploy out. I've got about 30 phones <laughs> left. Wow. So, so I can still support them, although I think one is going to go off here in a couple of months. Um, and then I've got one, it's just four users that, but how do you even, how do you even invest in that? And start? you don't bring customers anymore to it. There's no reason to, right? No, I don't, I don't. It's, it's just a bad situation and, and GoDaddy, they're just, yeah, it's just GoDaddy. They're so, difficult. Don't know what to say about them anymore, except that in my opinion, they suck. Now I do <laughs> want to also piggyback off of a, story that I started to talk about last week where we talked about vendors raising prices and not that I want to poo-poo on any vendors because tonight, you know, we're a pro vendor as much as possible, except that, you know, the world is all worried that we're going to go into a recession. And if you do searches on the word recession tonight, it's going to show up that the U.S. is not going into a full recession, but what they call a rolling recession. Which I don't know what the hell that means, but it's just, it's just one of those things. So I got re- I got messages and emails from uh, fellow MSPs last week asking me if I was going to stop supporting Arachnus because they're raising their prices. Arachnus is part of the uh, Snap One family, and I should probably update the fact that I probably haven't bought an Arachnus switch in a year. I switched to Ingenious. I'm still buying watt boxes from Snap, but that's about it. Um, I will continue to buy them as long as they work and operate. The price increase, I'm not as worried about. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with the Arachnus switches, except to say that during COVID, when we were having those supply chain issues, we had them with that. Ingenious was available inexpensive POE switches, fully managed. I like it. It's, it serves its purpose. And, and yeah, uh, recession, right? Price increases. First off, there's price increases every year for lots of things, right? Yes. We already know that. that that's, and if you as an MSP, you should have price increases also happening, right? In general, you should, right? Not, not just upselling new services or products, but actually uh, there should be some sort of a, a percentage increase year over year for inflation as a business. Yeah. I mean, things you buy are increasing no matter what, no matter what business you're in. If you're, I mean, hell, my buddy's a baker. He owns a bakery. You know, the price increase on things that he had to buy between dough and everything else was outrageous. Yeah. Right. And they use eggs. Oh my God. You eggs know, are up what? 200% or something. Oh my, I was buying, I was buying, I was buying the, 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 the creative eggs for like $3 and 20 cents. And now it's $6. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's happening. But I would say when you're looking at this, it's inevitable it's going to happen. You should be, and, and this is a good plug for them, actually, for Alert Ops even, you should be looking at products like them and other products that are automated to take away the mundane tasks. If you're still doing those things, you haven't matured as a, as a business owner or a business. So with maturity should bring easier practices for you that and products that support this. And now that, and, and it's easier than ever than, than ever was because cloud-based is 
digitization occurred. We know that it's big. It's it's more so than ever. The, the back in, and you talking about phones is a best example. Back in the day, on-prem solutions were king, right? Yeah. And then we had to change over to the SaaS concept. That MSPs were like, "What the hell is a SaaS thing? I don't understand." And and they struggle with SaaS sales because they're used to you're used to getting a rip off of a big sale off of a one uh, on-prem device. Now it's no spread out the payments, sign on contracts, sell your services. But you know, in that, because it's gone that way, now you can find automated services and tools that exist out there that you're paying a fraction of what you'd pay for the on-prem, but you're also buying more pieces, more features, more everything. And if you're not doing it, how do you expect to grow? Well, here's the other thing with that. You've got to build into your pricing structure fluctuations. Absolutely. So I had a major discussion with a fellow MSP last week. Uh, We are both in the midst of doing a re-image of our business. So we've kind of partnered together to decide, okay, what are you doing good that I can learn from? What am I doing that you can learn from? And we're going back and forth. And so we've had these discussions on pricing and I've tweaked the way that I do my pricing over the years. Mm-hmm. It, it is not a per user model. It is not a per endpoint model. It's kind of a hybrid of that. And I actually include all of my costs for the things that I buy that are not just endpoint specific because everybody likes to, you know, well, how much does it cost me per endpoint? You know, but then at the same time, all of these other expenses that we may pay for one time a year, that is for the client's benefit. I have a whole expense line called client costs. So all of the subscriptions I have for things like Ninite and D7 and my duplicators and, you know, all of those services, I do that in there. And then I figure out, okay, can I come up with a per endpoint or per client cost for those mm-hmm. with a percentage of markup? And so we got into this debate about, well, what line do you put in here? Where do you put your QuickBooks? Where do you put you know, all that stuff? Oh, right. Well, okay. So, but it was, I, I mean, we didn't get that deep into it, but no, but it's all part of that though. In, ge- in general, right? It's right. It acquisition, is. Acquisition costs for clients. Who yeah. does it? You all should do it, right? Yeah. An acquisition for cost of client, the acquisition cost for clients is broken up into a few major categories. One is your sales and marketing engine of how you're finding them. That's a cost, right? But then your operations. How do you support the customers? What products are you using? You kind of already know. You probably, you've been doing this long enough to know, Marv, yourself specifically. You've been doing this long enough to know that you already have a, a nut to pay for the year of X, whatever it is. If it's $100,000 or Half a million dollars, you know already, right? Yep. For all of your products, your office, your utilities, you know, the only difference in these, these aren't fixed, a lot of these aren't, aren't fixed costs anymore because, well, utilities never were, right? Because sometimes you use more, sometimes you use less, but you still have an average. You know what you did last year and year before that. You should be tracking those things. And that should all go under the acquisition cost of clients. Yep. Because it's all part of it. And if you're not doing, and of course, breaking it down, you have a lar- large laundry list of items in that. But you should still know, and then you should know what your what your worth is as a service provider to them to make your money. Yeah. So <laughs> it was just interesting that, you know, not only that, I got another email from Enable today because they're going up 9.5% as well. Although they're trying to say now that if you go on to our automated <laughs> bank debit, you'll save 2% of that. But so uh, seven percent, okay. so seven and a half percent. But 
bottom line is whatever happens, recession, rolling recession, prices increases, uh, you've got to build in an extra margin for that. And like you said, Sean, that should be happening every year. Uh, to some degree, cost of living increase. I mean, everybody wants a raise every year, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yes, they do. I want to raise right now. Um, no, really, though, not just that. These vendors give kickbacks. They have MDF funds as well. So if you're not using MDF and asking about it, shame on you. Because you can make a whole lot of money off of that. Yeah. From vendors that pay a lot of money to get you to grow your business. As long as you're actually growing your business and selling their products. Yep. It, again, it's interesting working in your business and working on your business. You know, ConnectWise is launching MDF now. Yeah. You're going to be hearing all about it. You're going to be hearing all about it over the next few, over the next five, six months about MDF. And all that is, is to help partners grow. Our vendors, our RMSPs, TSPs, whatever, they're all doing it. And if you're not doing it, shame on you. You're a fool. And, and think about the amount of things you can actually capitalize on from what you work with with your clients. Everything you can sell to them. Like, I know everybody, I'll say, I'll say this. I know this is a very testy subject um, when we talk about Microsoft, right? We know Microsoft kind of changed their ways and, you know, the, the margin is very low now. But if you're doing it right as an MSP, you're providing a service. You make you make more money off services than you do off of selling products anyway, if you're a good managed service rider, right? I mean, if you look at your at your sheet at the end of the year, your PLs, where's the majority of your revenue come from? You guys, I would think. Well, so it poor, should. Poor Cam. Hey Cam, you're not doing well <laughs> out there, man. It's a complete black screen now. Yeah. That's all right. He's he's trying and he's mustering through. So uh kudos for that. And if he We'll unmute him if he gets better here. Well, Sean here, before we go now, normally we would do a Florida man, you know, challenge. We're not going to do that. However, I will ask you if you were to have chosen the Florida man story for tonight, what do you think it would be? Probably didn't even look, did you? No, because I was, I can't, that's Cam's job today. I told him that too. Oh, you now I got to look a Florida man story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, all I got to do is Google Florida, man. I'll find 25 different stories <laughs> yeah. right away. All right. Cam is back. Cam, uh, Sean's throwing <laughs> you under the bus for uh, Florida, man. Oh, God. Well, I'd say this is a pretty good one. <laughs> so the power came on about halfway through the webinar, but Yay. didn't want to leave. <laughs> um, let's see. Florida, man, story. Something stupid that I've done. Uh, all right. Uh even from a business context. Well, it doesn't have year. to be you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, I, I've already got one from okay. my end, so I'll, I'll throw it out there. Uh, so last year, and this is just, you know, a warning for everyone. Make sure that you know exactly what's being developed by product before you start building your stu uh, self, uh, stuff yourself. Um, we had a user that wanted to migrate uh, or a customer that wanted to migrate users from a competitor into our system and they needed it fast tracked. So at that point I started writing code for a little applet and shipped it out to them in a couple of weeks just for me to find out, Hey, this isn't in production yet. We're just waiting for the next release. But you know, if 
you asked us, we could have pushed this out. <laughs> um, so definitely, uh, definitely a Florida man story for my, <laughs> I just put a link in the, in the private message there for you, Marv. I found Florida woman, not man, but woman, irate over free cookie loads, handgun waves at a McDonald's drive through. Oh, that was so last week. <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, February 17th. She looks not happy in her picture. Oh, she is not oh, happy. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I mean, all I did was click. All I did was punch in Florida, man. And I got so many different stories. Yep. Oh, my God. That okay. So last week's story. Be- Wait, even better than that, though. You can type in Florida man and your birthday and there'll be a Florida man story. Absolutely. Of course. (laughs) So here's, here's the Florida man story that I picked. And this happened yesterday. A man was found with a pulse and breathing after two paramedics declared him dead. And (laughs) so that happened. Yes. Here in Florida, uh, Paramedics responded to a call of cardiac arrest in Pinellas County. Uh, let's see. Maxwell said they quickly checked their father's wrists for a pulse and then told her he had died. His lips were blue and he was cold. But I was doing CPR. My friend was there and she was doing chest rec- compressions. This is the daughter. His chest was going up and down and he was making making noises so his lungs were working. She said that the paramedics told them her father uh, was not breathing. No, ma'am, he's gone. Those are just his body releasing gases. <laughs> so the paramedics, amazing. the paramedics were placed on administrative duty and were clinically suspended as the investigation continues. Uh, so I, so I Googled Marv, our birthday, cause we're both. Yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So we've got some great ones. Florida man calls nine one one, asks police to check if meth he bought from stranger is bath salts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, he said, <laughs> um, forty-one-year-old Thomas Colucci called nine one one on Thursday night, wanting to know if the meth he bought was real or fake. Authorities said he told them he bought meth from a man he met at the bar. He said, all right, me and my friends are coming over to give it to you. And I hear him laughing in the background. And Kluge told the 911 dispatcher. Yeah, we have that all the time. We have that uh, calling cops for uh, somebody stole my drugs. <laughs> Great stories. That. Great stories. Oh, my goodness. All I- right. So just uh, for those that are still watching, I've got the link for the ConnectWise Pitch It program in the in the chat, it will also be in the show notes. So if you are listening to this after the fact, go to the show page and get your link for alertops.com and the connectwise.com slash IT nation slash pitch it applications are open. And we'll be talking about that uh, for a couple of weeks. And as we get contestants, we will have them on the show later. So Cam, what do you think? How's the, I was going to say, how's this, you know, for a podcast for you, but your, your story is going to be about the snow and the, uh, no power. <laughs> yep. I mean, uh, yeah, hundred percent. I had a blast. Really appreciate you having me on Mark, but I wish it could have been under better conditions, but I think we did 
as good as we could have with uh, what's going on. All right. Sean, any last words before we end off the show here? No, just thank you for hosting us and, and spreading the word for the program, but more importantly for these guys. Um, these vendors are all good people. The ones you're going to meet before we even start the event for this year um, and during, you're going to find a lot of really good vendors, a lot people that are very involved in the space already and trying to help. So I strongly urge that your audience pay attention to them. If you end up doing business with them, let us know. Um, especially if it's from, as a result of seeing them on this, that'd be great to be able to tie that back to Marv and say, Hey, look, as a result of your efforts, here we are. Um, and, and again, we're all trying to, we're all trying to do this together. None of us are, uh, none of us own Amazon. So we're, none of us are billionaires right now that I checked last checked. So, well, you might be close if you own Amazon stock. <laughs> You're telling me, dude. Huh. <laughs> uh, all right here, folks. So that is going to do it for this episode of the IT Business Podcast. I do want to give another shout out to Matt Scully and Amelia Perro. They were down uh, in Florida last week for the MSP Expo that was happening here in Fort Lauderdale. And... They were having themselves a little fit on the last night, and I was able to whisk them away and have a nice little quiet evening at a Florida restaurant. But I uh, want to say shout out and thank you to Matt Scully and Amelia Perro uh, of the Datto and Kinsea clan. Uh, folks, I am going to be in Orlando March 5th through the 7th. That will be another uh, conference that I will be at, Exchange. Uh, I probably won't be able to see you if you're in the area and just want me to pop by. It's going to be a busy time, but just want to let you guys know that's where I'm going to be. I'll announce other things that I'm going to attend later on this year. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've got a visitor from Oklahoma City that is also happening uh, the week of March 5th through the 9th or whatever that is. Uh, let's see here. Oh, are you going to be at ASCII? I, I will. I will not be at an ASCII event until I think June or July. Uh, well, well, actually, Cam and I will both be at ASCII in Atlanta. Uh, yes, sir. That's like the twenty second or something like that. I think it is. Twenty second, twenty third. We'll be there. Um, we'll have people. I won't be at Exchange, but we have people at Exchange. Um, we're making a big press for the cybersecurity piece at this point because it's such a high demand. All right. We will uh, talk about you when we see them. I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> don't talk too much about me because I'm afraid. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up on next week's show, folks, Bobby Gillespie. You remember him as Bobby G. He was on episode 468 titled The Proper Way to Build Your Brand, author of the book, Build Your Brand Like You Give a Shit. And yes, I did mean to curse. So, Bobby is going to be on a live show next week. You will definitely want to tune in for that. On behalf of my good friend, Sean Lardo and Cam Shrikan, thank you guys for hanging out. We'll be back with another podcast episode soon. And until then, holla. 